bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otterville. And now, today's word. Today I'm going to minister a message that deals with our salvation in Christ. And I've titled my message, Life's Questions. Life's Questions. There are questions that we need to answer. And I'm going to answer seven important questions that each one of us must answer. Seven questions about our life, where we are going, how our life is going to turn out, and what this whole salvation means to us. Please stand with me in your Bibles to 1 John chapter number 5 and verses 11 to 13. 1 John chapter number 5. Verses 11 to 13. I hope you know that there is a difference between the Gospel of John and 1 John. The Gospel of John is in the first part of the New Testament. The 1 John is in the latter part of the New Testament. So 1 John chapter number 5 and verse number 11 to 13. Let's hear the reading of God's word. And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He who has the son has life. He who does not have the son does not have life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. The Apostle John spoke a lot about life. He's the same person that wrote by the inspiration of God, the gospel according to St. John. And in his expression of, of who Christ is, he talks a lot about life. And most of the things we're going to talk about today have to deal with life. The first question is, what is life? When we say that we have life, what are we talking about? In him is life. What are we talking about? And I'll give you five words that describe life. Number one, life is existence. You cannot be alive and be dead at the same time. For you to be alive, you must have existence. You must be. You must have being. You must be alive. You must exist. So life is existence. But life is not only existence. Life is also sustenance. Because if you exist, you must be sustained. You must be kept alive. 
So life includes our ability to sustain ourselves or God's ability to sustain us. It includes sustenance. And most of us receive sustenance for life through the food we eat and the drinks we take in. These provide sustenance for us. Number three, life is energy. To be alive, you must have energy. You must have power. You must be able to get things done. You don't just exist, but you must, you must be able to accomplish something through the power or the energy that is in you. So life is energy. Number four, life also talks about behavior. The way you use your existence, your sustenance, and your energy is your behavior. Behavior is life. And finally, life is about satisfaction. So when we say that this is a good life, we are not just talking about a good existence. We are talking about satisfaction. And unfortunately, most of the time when we advertise a good life, we use alcohol to advertise a good life. And you and I know that alcohol does not give life. It gives dizziness. Life is not dizziness. Life is satisfaction. Life is having sustenance. But every human being can have this life. And as a matter of fact, most of us have most of the life here. At least everybody here is in existence. Everybody here has been sustained. Everybody here has some energy. And everybody here has some behavior. I'm not sure whether everybody here is satisfied, but we have various degrees of satisfaction. So this kind of life is available to all human beings. All human beings can have this life. They can exist. They can be sustained. They can have energy. They can behave in one way or the other. And they can have some satisfaction. But the verse we read did not say that God has given us life. But it talks about eternal life. It qualifies the life. It's a life that is different from this kind of life. So, question number two. What is eternal life? John says, and this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. It didn't say God has given us life, but it qualifies the kind of life that God has given to us. It is life that is different from existence. That means you can exist and not have eternal life. You can be sustained and not have eternal life. You can have energy and not have eternal life. You may have some behavior and not have eternal life. And as a matter of fact, you can even be satisfied as a human being and not have eternal life. So what is eternal life? Eternal life is the life that God gives it is the life that God gives. That verse says, God has given us eternal life. Your father cannot give you eternal life. 
Your mother cannot give you eternal life. Your mother can give you life. Your father can give you life. They gave birth to you. But they cannot give you eternal life. It's only God who gives eternal life. As a matter of fact, the church cannot give you eternal life. The pastor cannot give you eternal life. God has given us eternal life. Eternal life is the life which only God gives. What are the properties of eternal life? And I'll give you four of them. Number one, eternal life is salvation from sin. As, as nice as your parents are, they cannot save you from sin. Only God has the power to give us eternal life. There are people who have life, who are satisfied with their lives, and many things can satisfy many people. Some people are satisfied because they are alive. Some people are satisfied because they have money. Some people are satisfied because they just married. Some people are satisfied because they had a girlfriend. Some people are satisfied because they had an American visa. Or they won a U.S. immigration lottery. So they are satisfied. So there are many things that satisfies us. But all those things which satisfy us cannot save us from sin. It's only eternal life from God that has the power to save us from sin. So eternal life, number one, is salvation from sin. If your sins have not been forgiven and washed away, you may have life. But you don't have eternal life. Number two, eternal life is redemption from satanic control. When we say a person has eternal life, it means that Satan does not control the person any longer. The person has been delivered from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. They've been set free from bondage to the devil, to freedom in Christ Jesus. For a person to have eternal life, they must experience redemption from satanic control. Number three. Eternal life is the power to live righteously. And that power is given by God. He gives us the ability to behave rightly. To behave purely. To behave in a holy way. It is the life of Christ. And number four, eternal life is deliverance from eternal punishment. It is very easy to get excited about Easter and dance about Easter and not know what Easter is all about. It's very easy to rejoice about the resurrection of Christ and be happy about the Bible and be happy about going to church and dance in church and not know what this is all about. This is about having the life of God. Your sins forgiven redeemed from satanic control, set free to live a righteous life and delivered from eternal judgment. Remember that after life here on, dirt, on earth, there is life beyond. And that life beyond is not one way. That means that it's not life that is equal for everybody. The Bible says there will be a resurrection some to life and some to destruction. There is a place called heaven 
and there is a place called hell. You may not like it, but not everybody who dies go to heaven. If everybody who dies goes to heaven, there would not be an alternate. So, if a person has eternal life, it means that they are delivered from eternal punishment. If they die here on earth, they will be with Christ Jesus the Lord. If you are not assured of that and you are not sure of where you are going after you depart this earth, you don't have eternal life yet. You have life, but you don't have eternal life. And many people have come to church this morning who have life. They are, they are in existence, they are sustained, but they don't have this eternal life that we are talking about. Third question. Where is eternal life? John says, God has given us eternal life and this life is in his son. So where is eternal life? It is in Christ. Eternal life is exclusively dispensed by Christ. You can be a good person. You can live a very nice life. Be very satisfied in life. Overcome in life. Have peace of mind in life. And not have eternal life. Because eternal life is not just about having satisfaction. It's having the life of God. Your sins forgiving. Redeemed from the power of Satan. And being assured of life after death. And this life is in nowhere else except in Christ. There are people who tell you, well, you know, we're all good people. There are many ways to get to God. There are many ways to get to heaven. Well, some people believe this and others believe that. And we respect people and what they believe. But the fact that I respect what you believe doesn't mean it's right. The fact that I appreciate you doesn't mean you are right. But I appreciate you because you are an intelligent human being and you, you make up your own mind and you make up your own decisions and that is respect. But the fact that we respect does not mean it is right. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He defines his being in particular ways. I am the, not a way, not a life, a truth, the truth. And then to make assurance doubly sure, he says, no man comes to the Father except through me. It's two things. Either Jesus was an arrogant, pompous, self-deluded maniac or he was actually telling the truth. He excludes Every other avenue to the Father except through Him. So, where is eternal life? It is in Christ. God has given us eternal life, and this life is where? In His Son. We get it, number one, through His life. Through the life of Christ, we see how. Eternal life must be lived. The Bible says concerning Jesus, he was tempted in every point like us and yet 
without sin. So eternal life does not mean you will not be tempted. You will be tempted. But you can overcome all your temptation. So through the life of Christ, we see what eternal life is all about. Number two, through his death, he makes available to us eternal life. He conquered death through his own death. Number three, through his shed blood. He shed his blood, which is used for the remission of sins. And number four, through his resurrection. Through the resurrection of Christ, eternal life is made available. When he died, he conquered sin. When he rose, he gave us life. And so when we, we come to Christ, he shows us the life we must live. And then he also gives us the power to live that life through his death, through his resurrection, through his shed blood. Eternal life is in Christ. You may try to look for it somewhere else. You may try to pursue some way to get it and you have your right to do that. Nobody's going to debate with you. You may believe whatever you want to believe. God is a very democratic God. He said to Israel, I said before you life and death. Choose life, but the choice is yours. If you choose life, you have life. If you choose death, it's your problem. He said to Adam, I have said before you the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. You can partake of the tree of life, but don't partake of this one. The day that you partake of this one, you will die. And Adam was going about, created by God, in the garden God created for him. And, and, and he and his wife decided to partake of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God didn't stop them. He was standing there. God saw it, but he didn't stop it. Because God will not stop you no matter what you want to pursue. If you want to pursue whatever, he wouldn't stop you. But he will judge you. So you are free to, to do what you want. If you want to worship a tree, go ahead. If you want to go and worship a river, go ahead. If you want to swallow frogs, go ahead. It's your choice, but you will be judged. There is freedom of choice, and that is why there is judgment of decisions. Because you can't judge people who have no freedom to make a choice. So eternal life is in Christ. That's what the Bible says. Fourth question. How do we get eternal life? John said, he who has the son has life. So how do we get it? We get it through Christ. He who has the son has life. Why? Because eternal life is in the son. If you have the son, you have life. I put it this way and I, I like to use this illustration. And I'm not using this to promote any product. But 
How many of you know there is carbon dioxide in Coca-Cola? Okay, all right, there's carbon dioxide in Coca-Cola. So, when you go and buy Coca-Cola, do you tell the person, I want carbon dioxide? No. You don't go buying carbon dioxide. You don't say, well, you know, can you give me some carbon dioxide this morning? I just feel like carbon dioxide this afternoon. You buy the Coca-Cola. But in the Coca-Cola, there is carbon dioxide. And he who has the Coca-Cola has the carbon dioxide because it is in it. So the moment you take it in, the carbon dioxide also enters you. Unfortunately, you bring it out. Maybe fortunately. But it says he who has the son has life. When you say Christ come into my life, it's not a Jewish carpenter who enters you, but the life which is in Christ which enters you. And he who has the son has life. And fortunately for us, we don't burp him out. He stays inside us and he lives in us eternally. He who has the son has life. So how do we get eternal life? We get it through Christ. The process is very simple. There is something called the ABC of salvation. Number one is accept that you are a sinner. That's the A part. As simple as ABC. Do, re, mi. One, two, three. Accept that you are a sinner. The thing is you are. All all you have to do is accept it. It's not that go and sin, but you are. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All have sinned does not mean all are wicked people. There's a difference between sin and wickedness. Sin can open the door to wickedness. Sin simply means you have failed to meet God's standard. That's all. That's what sin is. You have failed to meet God's standard. In the Hebrew, the word sin means to miss the mark. It's like throwing darts. And you have to hit either the bull's eye or one of the high marks in in your dart component. And and you throw the dart and, and it misses the mark. You haven't been able to achieve the perfect objective. That's what sin is. Sin simply means God has a standard and you have failed to meet it. And so all you need to do is accept. Doesn't mean you are the most terrible, horrible individual ever to appear on the earth. It simply means God's standards are so high, I can't meet them. So I accept I cannot meet God's standards all by myself. That's what it means to be a sinner. I accept I cannot be the perfect person God wants me to be. So number one, A, accept that you're a sinner. Number two, the B part, believe that Christ died for you. A, B, accept, believe. Believe that he died for you. The reason why Christ came in was because we couldn't meet the standards of God. We couldn't hit the target. And God brought his son to be a propitiation or a replacement 
for us so that by his death and sacrifice on the cross, we can have access to God, not by our own works, but through what Christ did on the cross of Calvary for us. So believe that Christ died for you. And the C part is confess Christ as Lord of your life. To confess means open your mouth and say it. That Jesus Christ is my Lord. And that's why when we want to give people the opportunity to receive Christ, we ask them to come forward and we pray with them. They confess with their mouth. They declare with their mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. For the Bible says, for if you believe with your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. So as simple as ABC, as easy as Doremi, accept, believe, confess. You don't need to go to Jerusalem and swim in the Jordan. You don't need to go and find out where Jesus was born and look for a hole that, that represents that. You don't need to crucify yourself. You don't need to take a journey to Jericho. He says wherever you are, you can accept, you can believe, you can confess. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebil, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebil. Email otebil at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.